you know, I would say actually the last time I stoked up drama for the sake of it, I think it was like decades ago. I think, but I'm, but my thing is that I'm not afraid of the drama. So if I see it coming, I'll meet it head on. <laughs> but I, I'm, I will never have the, you know, the, the match that lit the flame. <laughs> you don't I'll just start it, but you'll always up. finish it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trying well, to, I'm trying to get better at that too. Okay. Well, for the most part, I mean, I don't really feud. I don't, I hate that shit. I hate that. Like, you know. But at the same time, I'm not always trying to be nice to everybody either. So whatever that leads to, you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. I live that life. Nicer than before, though. Now I'm actually you were like, you you were really scary before, I think, to people. And that's so weird. I never like, like, tried I can't to be. Help it. No, I, I really didn't. I mean, it makes sense in retrospect, but because you would I think because you'd say hi without smiling. Mm hmm. I don't know, just like there's something about the way you carry yourself or something mm -hmm. that is imposing or not imposing, but I don't know, In intimidating. Well, hopefully less so, but I don't mind having some of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you are my passion for life. I, as a result of the last episode, I got really into Walk Like an Egyptian. <laughs> well, I'd forgotten oh, that, kind what? of. Oh, <laughs> that song kind of became wallpaper. You know that? Here's a fun fact. That was the number one song of 1987. Number one of the year. I believe it. Me too. It was yeah, everywhere. It was a huge, huge thing. That I remember walking like an Egyptian and like my totally. aunts all laughing. Every, yes, yeah, I'd be yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Everybody would like do it. It wasn't really like a dance. It was like the easiest viral dance, you know, <laughs> up to that point. You just kind of like stick your arms Did people out. do, was that a thing before that song or no? I don't know. Like, what because in the video have you watched the video it's a lot of people on the street doing yes. it. yes and how could they have, i mean they were just told they had no idea what the song was or how big it would be or anything i doubt that they signed releases right <laughs> they just like went sure up to people didn't. in new york basically yeah. and were yeah. like walk like an egyptian <laughs> and they filmed it and people did it anyway the song is a good groove and it is good you know it's like one of those things where sometimes something becomes so popular that it becomes sonic wallpaper and that yes. song was just kind of like a novelty song but then i listened to it again and i was like i could totally see why it was so massively the, appealing the like guitar hook in it is so good yeah it's the like, groove is good but along with the like kind of like shaky beat and just everything about it and Susanna hoffs i mean all of their voices i always but thought her the voice, drummer was very cool in that band she was weird she has weird white hair yeah they're they're all cool because Susanna hoffs was kind of thrust to the front but it was really shared duties right they like in that song they like the three of the singers sing yeah you know they did all she take a verse not play an instrument or did she She's holding a guitar in the video. Oh, I think okay. she. I think she did. I remember on her behind the music, she was talking about how her solo album um, didn't do so well because it's harder to do solo because you have to do all the vocals yourself, and you know then your voice gets like worn out and blah blah blah. Like yeah, that was that's her the it, job. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to go solo because it's hard to go solo. <laughs> <laughs> you do have to do it by yourself. What was the, was that song? Was that album called When You're a Boy or something like that? Was it? No, I thought that's a Beyonce song. No, but that's Beyonce song. If I were a boy, when you're a boy, 1991. That's the that's when the name of her boy. solo album. Trans. Her first one. When you're a boy. Trans ally. Oh or my god. She's just like you know speaking what I'm from loving that experience. Is that all right? You know that movie where uh, it's surfer. Her arm got bit off yes. by the shark. Yes. And now she, the real life her, has spoken out against trans women yes. in surfing. Yeah, she's transphobic, and yes, so there's turf. this. Now there's. I mean, 
She's a surf turf. Surf turf. <laughs> oh my god! Has anybody said that? I don't think they must have. Surf and turf. Surf and turf. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that really just—that was like a volley. Surf turf. Be- oh, Bethany, Bethany Hamilton. Hamilton, one-armed surfer. In TikTok, um, it now it's like a trope. It's like a, it's like a meme that people are doing things to like make fun of her for being transphobic uh-huh, and like uh-huh. taking the shark side. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I can show you a couple of them. <laughs> That's good. I mean, I take the shark side even if, if, even if she were trans inclusive, I would still take the shark side. That shark's life is worth more than a human life. It is. You're never going to get me to root for the human. Human against shark, shark. Shark should win. Right. Like, we better worry when the sharks go away. When the sharks go away is like the certain When the certain sharks go doom. away, that's a song. It is a song. When the mice go bald and when the sharks go away. <laughs> <your> animal album. <laughs> and they should all have that construction when the somethings do something. Okay, so you have to kind of understand. Have you ever seen that thing that's like the one uh, TikTok? I just want to say I'm part of the LGBTQ community. And this is my best friend, Valentina. She's an ally. Talk, Valentina. Ally. So people <laughs> do it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so this is one of them okay so that blonde surfer girl who lost her arm because the shark decided it wanted it as a snack she's transphobic ally (laughs) (laughs) they said that the shark's the ally the shark is the ally you know there's a lot that we didn't talk about that just kind of like fell through the cracks like what the sam smith i'm not here to make friends video where he replicates the peeing getting peed on i'm sorry they when they replicate being peed on well here's the Here's a um well, I don't I you know what I'll tell you this I don't know anything about what's going on with Sam Smith. Okay. I don't There's know. a lot going on with the Sam only, Smith. I only know the only Sam thing Sam Smith is doing a lot. The only thing I know is that someone criticized Sam Smith for wearing pasties. Well, the pasties <laughs> and in corset. Who, and who was that that did that? A lot of people, like a lot of people have been talking about that video. There were right wing people, but there are also people within the queer community that have why? been. Why? Why do queer people Why do queer people I, care? Okay. I think there's a legitimate aesthetic argument to be made about like, <laughs> like, like literally <laughs> straight up. And that is the risk that you take when you go against the norms in terms of representation. I think Sam Smith could have been dressed more flatteringly for what they were going for in this video and i think that there's a taste level that's lacking in this current era of being introduced to sam smith's sexuality whatever that means it means that i guess it means that they like to get peed on sometimes and oh, that's supposed to be pee yeah it's it's very suggestive that we yeah. can i mean madonna's been there We've, madonna's been there it was more I mean, like come Madonna, like milk, right? pretty much throughout Madonna, I, I think there's nothing to complain aesthetically about sex and erotica. Like, I think yeah. the the visuals are incredible in that era. They needed to step it up. Yeah, they needed to step it up and they needed to hear Like, here, I'll show I I don't think that we should watch the video, which, by the way, is called I'm Not Here to Make Friends. Now it is the um, it has surpassed my I'm not here to make friends okay. as the wow. most <laughs> streamed video on YouTube called I'm not here to make friends. So there is a case for bias. There is a case for bias. I also uh, historically, famously, I guess, to those in the know, 
am not a big fan of Sam Smith, nor have I ever been. There's even Sam Smith when they weren't doing this still was never my cup of tea ever too far removed from the tradition that it's like going for, i.e. soul. I never believed a word that came out of Sam Smith's mouth, you know? Okay. And is Sam Smith British? Yes. Okay. It's just not, it's like a hundred percent not my thing in any iteration. So here's the look. Yeah. I mean, I think is... it could have been more flattering. I think it could have been. But, so Sam Smith is the Lena, the Lena Dunham of LGBTQ. I, you know, I, I, I think Lena Dunham's the Lena Dunham of LGBTQ. <laughs> really? <laughs> no. Well, I don't think I don't think thinks. any of these people are the anything of anything. Oh, I feel like they're confronting you and like saying, yeah. like, I dare you to say I'm ugly. Well, and that is the thing, right? And that's why you do that. And so then there's all these stupid arguments. I think much could be said about Madonna's face. I thought that was a provocation. I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. Like, also, it's not it's not just that her face is striking. Like, I mean, I've been looking at this face forever and now it's it's the same face, but different, you know? Yeah. And no eyebrows. But also the styling on top of it, like Madonna to me looks kind of like she was doing a Marilyn Manson thing. Yeah. At, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, so that's provocative. Like, I thought her look was provocative. And then, They're all, you she's know, she's always trying to provoke. And I guess and that's what Sam Smith's doing, too. And but I feel that Madonna's plastic surgery. I mean, you can't look past it. It's part of the aesthetic and it make it makes for a certain kind of severity, I would say. I here's my theory. I don't think Madonna has had plastic surgery. I think it's At all, all injectables and it's out of control. Well, she well, she did have that facelift famously. When was that? The mid 2000s, uh, you know, it was like around 2012 when she looked like really refreshed and really good. She was on the cover of uh, New York Magazine. I mean, she's never talked about this. I don't believe New York Magazine, Madonna, because it was that guy, that guy that died. Yeah. Brant. Yeah. He was my dermatologist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that supposedly was a facelift. I think that I mean, she looked fucking terrific. No. What year is that? This is because that's when she started going to him and people thought it was a facelift and it wasn't because he's so good. He was so good. 2008. So hard candy. Yeah. Era. Or just before. Yeah. That's probably when she around when she started going to him. OK. And then he died. And that's what he died set in her down a path. Yeah. He died. He died. In, he killed himself in 2014. And yes. I think that that's when you could probably start seeing some deviations. And I guess her look. so. I guess so. Look, this isn't to say that she doesn't she has every right to do what she wants, yes. but it, but it's but isn't it part of the commodity that she's offering? She never has left public consciousness. No, my issue with her, you know, making a stink about people talking about her face yeah. is and throwing like feminism into it and this is just ageism and stuff and it's, it's like for context for context she did this on instagram soon after the conversation became about her face after she did the grammys and was like nobody focused on my speech uh the speech was awkward as hell you, you should be happy that no one focused on that <laughs> i never saw I did. it yeah i don't want to we don't have to watch it if it's boring it's not it's it's oh. like i mean it's like 30 seconds she's just really really awkward okay um but she but so, but so she invokes feminism but the thing is is that the reason why she's in this position to begin with is that she clearly also has a problem with a women aging herself aging. And I understand like, yeah, 
you have to do what you have to do to survive in this. Right. In whatever station you're in. Sure. But like. Don't pretend like it's one directional. Yeah. Single directional. That it's yeah. just coming back. Like she's giving out this. This is exactly my point. What, uh, if and, people had been if people were talking about if people were saying that like Helen Mirren looks so wrinkly and terrible. Yes. That's ageism. That's like yes. people like getting, you know, pissy about women getting older and not, not being cool. But I think I think also maybe like that critique isn't necess- like uh, inherently ageist in every context. But I think also it comes a lot with ageism like. Your face looks crazy, A, lady, and B, you're old. You know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm sure she hears that. So, so it is ageism. That said, I, I just since we're here, I would like to go over the fact, and this is another thing that nobody talked about, that nobody picked up on, because people picked up on Madonna's... Madonna speaks out against ageism, and yeah. that headline was everywhere. Madonna also spoke out against camera lenses. Let's not forget that Madonna said in this message on Instagram that she posts... Instead of focusing on what I said in my speech, which was about giving thanks for the fearlessness of artists like Sam and Kim and herself, really, that's really what it was about. Many people chose only to talk about close-up photos of me taken with a long lens camera by a press photographer that would distort anyone's face. Babe. <laughs> no. There were, like, there were a ton of photographers there. There were bad pictures, for sure. There was also the broadcast, which yeah. was her... Here, we it's it's two minutes if you want to see yeah it's yeah. really fucking awkward i think and so sure madonna okay let's let's play it your way let's let's focus on the speech ready are you ready for a little controversy come on people let's make some noise y'all are going to sleep over here mm. so well, but i I guess she did cause a controversy. Here's what I've learned with this. She did. After four <laughs> decades in it music. does have a way of doing it. If they call you shocking, scandalous, <laughs> troublesome, problematic, provocative, or dangerous, you are definitely onto something. Is she doing Princess Leia hair? Oh no, it's like that's why you make noise. Yeah. You are, yeah, thank you. (laughs) You know, she wants me to go a devil, a demonic weight in a way. So I'm here to (laughs) give thanks to all the rebels out there forging a new path. Okay, wait, wait. And taking the heat. She had to ask people to to clap for her. So, okay, also. But she didn't do anything to warm the crowd up. She just came out and started reading. about herself and that's this, at every awards show she comes out and makes a queen's decree and it's, it's like really it's always about like and I'm still here you guys need to know all you troublemakers out there you need to know that your fearlessness <laughs> does not go unnoticed like wagging it you are seen you are heard she's and most of all she looks like she teaches at Hogwarts <laughs> One hundred percent. She's like that teacher, you know, who comes in. You know how there's always a new teacher every year. And it always turns out to be the one that's evil. Yes. <laughs> Incredibly talented artists who have risen above the noise, the doubt, the critics, all the bullshit, into something beautifully unholy. Yeah. 
Here are two Grammy Award winners, Sam Smith and Kim Petras. Give it up! What? Wait, so what was she saying in the speech? It was hard to even... She was basically saying, I used to be provocative and I took a lot of shit for it. And... Uh, You're welcome for me paving the way. There's more people that are kind of doing it like that, except yeah, like, obviously not I, like me. Here, here are these people that I paved the way for. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, totally. for whom I've paved the way. Also, I want to make clear too, because it's so taboo to acknowledge the fact that Madonna has had plas- has had visible plastic surgery. And to me, I, I really don't say it to be mean. Really, like honestly, my aesthetic interpretation is that the plastic surgery is so pronounced. And it's so it's unignorable Joan, it's that it's Joan Rivers. That it's the aesthetic. It's jo- exactly. It's like Joan so, Rivers, and Joan Rivers is always super upfront about yeah. shit that she would get done. Right. Exactly. So it's like it just seems ridiculous to like. Ha- <laughs> it seems ridiculous to show up looking like that and not expect somebody that people are going to talk about Why it. I just you don't understand. Come here looking like that. Isn't that that's a Dolly Parton song? <laughs> <Is it>? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it could be taken out of context really easily. I don't want it this to seem like I'm now I feel like paranoid no, about No. It's listen, she is at she's at freak show levels. What what she's doing to her, her face it's and just, it's like it's, it's just body so, dysmorphia. It's so different. So like how could you how could one not take notice, especially if they've looked at her as many people have, you know? For it's this like forty years. Forty years. So I mean, yeah, like that's it's gonna get discussed. I don't know that like acting like a victim is is really like the way to go. Like her victimhood you know, it always kind of gets on my nerves because I feel like she's so much stronger than that. I always did. Mm-hmm. God, I, we're the Madonna. Now we're too. the Madonna podcast. I know, you the know Madonna that? cast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we can wait to wait to like keep away from her like psycho fans. I know. You're just like you're you're. Stig- I don't want to. I'm not going to victim takes. blame. I got but. takes. <laughs> <laughs> you can't take the take out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. If I have to live in this world where Madonna's running around, I'm allowed to talk about it. Oh, you know what we could talk about? Pamela Anderson, too. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you watch the doc? Yes. Okay. I think the doc is much better than the book. See, I watched the doc and I haven't read the book and I I love the doc. I love the doc, too. I mean, it just goes to show. I think what it goes to show in my experience is that like a message. Medium is the message. She's such so much of her, you know, her fame, her 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 allure has to do with the aesthetic. So like, yeah, you can go inside her mind, but accompanied with images of her makes it. I don't know. It just makes it sing in a way like she's just here to be beautiful. Yeah. Like so to have that constantly accompanied is like, yeah, right. Yeah. But I also think, accompanied by images, I mean, it just has a way of affirming kind of like what she, what position she holds in culture. I think that she still is like gorgeous. She's like, you know, aging gracefully, gracefully, I think, in a way that, you know. It's, I, I would, I would, I would say it's a little bit more uh, active than graceful. But well, she didn't wear any makeup in. She didn't wear any makeup in it, it's and I true. actually thought she looked better with because then when she put the makeup on for Chicago, it was like kind of like kind of jarring mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like 
when it's kind of like when you're watching Survivor for the whole season and these people have no makeup and they're like just gross and you just get used to seeing them that way. And then they put makeup on. And you're like, oh, you look weird. Also, I think what goes a long way is that Pam just has this kindness about her that just makes her yes. attractive. Yes. You know? No, that she, I was going to say. So she's like beautiful inside and out. Yeah. And it's very clear that she she's is. like a great gal. And she specifically said on Kimmel that, you know, she talked about the turning over of diaries. She, there are these diaries. She kept diaries the whole time and then she won't read them. Yeah. And so obviously, and even in the diary, it says maybe one day I'll write a memoir. And then she didn't consult them for her memoir. She said, yeah, because she, because she's, there's a voiceover in the doc that she's not even reading the diary. She wouldn't even do that. Cause she was like, then I'm not going to want to do it. Well, blah, I blah, like blah. that. I like that. She admitted, she said, yeah. They asked her, do you want to read a passage to us? Because she's like opening, you know, she's going through these diaries. She's finding stuff to give to the producers. Yes, and she's a lot like, of it is that. A lot of the movie, a lot of yeah. like what the slice of life stuff is her going through her stuff. And with but it does kids. mark a progression. Yeah. It seems like, right? Because yeah. she is revisiting this stuff and like, oh my God. And she just didn't have, she said that she just went, the way that she wrote her book is she thought of her first memory and she thought of her last memory. And then she just memories in between. And that's why it comes off as a little bit shallow. You know, that life isn't that's not a five hour audiobook. That's a 10 or yeah. 15 if you want to go like real deep, which she yeah. could. Yeah. So she's just like, oh, I mean, there is so much, so much stuff that she could probably unpack about the Playboy Mansion that she like probably wrote down. Oh, my God. So <laughs> much stuff. And, you know, even in that's the thing is that in the book and look, I listened to it. So forgive me. I, I may have missed this, but. What struck me listening to the book, this string of men that she's brought in and out of her children's life yes. on whims, like yeah. every time the way that she does it, she doesn't really even have that much introspection about that in the book. It's just like guy to guy. And in the movie, she says, well, I think that I like my first, my love of Tommy was so perfect that I was just trying to recreate it every time. And she wanted to have a family. Like she she did. was just trying to get a guy in like desperately to like. And and I and because they fell in love so quickly, I think that she thought that that's how that works. Exactly. She was yeah. trying to like this. There was this idealized idea that she kept trying to recreate and being like, is it going to be like that this time? I and, feel like they might get back together again. I mean, I don't know. The the really the footage also has a way he, he comes off way worse in the book, I think, because even though you understand Firstly, she met, she says in the book, any of the bad, she didn't film any of the bad stuff, you know, like exactly. And, and she didn't, she doesn't, she's not descriptive enough to show you what the good stuff was like. It just seems kind of kooky, but then you see them together in all of this footage where they're so in love and just, and that's the kind of thing. That's like a really hard thing to put into words. No, I didn't. Oh God. It's so it like, she had like trepidation about it coming out. She was like really upset. Trepidation. She's like, furious about it still she'll oh still i think that when i watched she thinks it, it was it, a total betrayal and she's oh. she says it in the doc i mean she hasn't well, yeah, changed she her does, position yeah but she never watched it i don't think when i watched it it really made me feel for her it she's comes off as so likable it's like uh oh that's why her career you know blah 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 blah, blah. Yeah. and like and this is all because tommy's temper and tommy drinking like all of this because he like fought with this contractor and he wouldn't pay the guy and he stiffed him like 30k well she denies that in the doc oh right they, they like discuss that so right. she's totally against all of it and she's like what i don't know 
So you have to wonder about the sourcing, but I think that she, her argument is just that like it was taken from her once and she can't see it any, any other way as a total invasion after a thing that she shouldn't have gone through, Mm -hmm. which like, I I get that it's, it's not the way things work, but I get where she's coming from. But it was, but it was such a cultural moment. Exactly. And And it it was a thing that we did share. A, a, like a, a sea change, you know, totally about everything. Yeah. And and people, what the kind of access people thought they can have to celebrities' lives, and and just like amateur aesthetic, and not just celebrities' lives, but everybody's lives. Yeah, you know, this whole like living out, especially your sexuality, just it, it became like democratized in this crazy way. And I totally believed her too. And she was like, "Yeah, we were on our honeymoon. We were naked the whole time." Right. She's like. It was like my diary, like, oh, when the tape was done, I just like wrote on it and then I put it in the safe. Yeah. And it's like, ugh. But she makes it sound like he drugged her. Like he put, she says like, Tommy must have put ecstasy in my drink or something like that oh. in the book. Whereas in the movie, she's like, they yeah, we together. did it. And my eyeballs were huge and I loved it. Cause I, thought, <laughs> I was like, that's so pretty. Because <laughs> her pupils were dilated. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I have blue eyes and it was so pretty. <laughs> she, Okay. My favorite part of the book, though, is uh, can I play you my favorite part yeah. of the book? This was so a lot of the anecdotes, too, in the book are replicated. In, she tells a lot of like similar stories, like the gay people exist thing. But yeah. she said that she came, she said, Mom, not only do you, what did she say? Like it was, wait, here's Mom, I made it. I screamed into the phone and then told her, Not only do gay people exist. <laughs> They walk around in pink hot pants handcuffed together and there's a parade here every day. <laughs> um, but then actually this this story wasn't in the movie. Then she encounters amongst these gay people some bitches almost immediately. Oh wow, okay. As I stepped onto the sidewalk, I passed two beautiful men in an embrace kissing. I said hello and they giggled and pointed. What? I said. And then realized they were pointing at my hair. A sun and spray experiment gone wrong. My hair was the color of a manila envelope. Honey, one man said, that is not one of God's colors. (laughs) (laughs) She did change it. I kind of like it with the documentary and the book being like two different animals. Like that the book is like just her recollections. Yes. And then the the documentary is like tons of archival. Yeah. Yeah. But here's my this is my fun fact of the week. And it's a two parter. This is right as she's giving birth. Okay. Brandon was born at home, in our bedroom. The midwife arrived with everything we needed for the birth. I wanted a natural birth, and didn't even take a Tylenol. There was no way I wanted any drug in my body that could harm my son. And I wanted to give him the best chance possible. We put on a soothing soundtrack, Enigma, and when he was born, Return to Innocence was playing. (laughs) So that's my fun fact. Part two. Okay. I was determined to give birth underwater this time. I was going to stay in that tub no matter what. The labor was less than half the time of Brandon's, only nine hours, and I had the energy to see that through. We put on Enigma, and again, (gasps) Return to Innocence came on right when our baby arrived. (laughs) What track is that? Oh, yeah. No, but like what number track is it? Uh, on the album, I, don't, I think it's in the middle of the album, honestly. Okay. Yeah. So, so totally random. Uh, it seems like a lie, uh, but I love the idea of. I also love the idea of Pam and Tommy being like put on Enigma. You know, 
<laughs> like Tommy Lee owned the Enigma CD. The second one too. But you know, a lot of the book is like, you know, especially at the end, the end, listen to this. She, she just kind of like babbles. Okay. I'm weird and whimsical. I communicate with trees that have known me since birth. They are my barometer, my temperature, touching the wildness in my heart that's born of here, where I stand now, under blazing comets, incarnate, heartfelt. I'm searching still. So <laughs> it gets like that at the end. Um, and it's, you know, like I said, I, I, however long the book is, it's probably like a, it's under 200 pages, you know? Oh, okay. I would say, I mean, a five hour audiobook. Oh, and there's just like tons of stuff. Like the whole Kid Rock thing I thought was super gross. Well, she said he was sexy and his talent was seductive. Ew. That to me was a red flag for Yikes. her. I was like, you believe you thought both of those things were true? Because I I feel like Tommy Lee's hot. I get it. You I know? get Tommy Lee. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. Especially watching them together. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Talk about an aesthetic. I know. I don't th- I feel like Tommy Lee is somebody that I couldn't wouldn't be able to take my eyes off of. Oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. Like, Especially because of the dick. Did she talk about his dick? She didn't, but she did talk about um, him telling her that it was big when uh, he was doing that, when he was like pestering her to get him to get her. Oh, go yeah, out wait, him. what was the line he used? He My baloney like, has a first name. Uh, it's L A R G E. But it worked for them. It did. And, you know, the, you know, the way that she tells it, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to tell exactly, but the idea that she was able to, she was willing to put up with that until it came to violence. And then once it did, she left. She did the right thing. It feels like it feels like she played that perfectly. She really did. And I liked when she said that when even when she was saying that she couldn't get over him, she's like, but I can't be with him. Yes. Like she knew. And that she never, never. Well, they, she did go back. They actually did. Didn't, go back. They didn't talk about that. Yeah. In the thing when was that. 2008. Ah, I mean. And it didn't last long. I think it was about a year or something. Mm, but that's weird that they didn't talk about that. I thought that was really weird that they didn't talk about it. Yeah, she doesn't talk about I forgot about it. And she doesn't talk about it in the book either. That's why I feel like it's never really over for them, especially after hearing what she said. And I think he feels the same way about her. Remember, she didn't want to talk about Dean Kane. Yeah, why? I don't know. I feel like somebody else had a bad experience with Dean Kane. Was it Gina Davis or... Uh, uh, Jennifer Grey. Oh my God! Let's look into this. Remember she? Remember she like specifically said she? She was like, uh, we don't have to talk about all those guys, right? <laughs> I, well, she didn't really. She does seem to date a lot of right wingers. That I mean, okay. And and Second Amendment psychos. The the Kid Rock thing again, huge, huge. Scott Bayo. Scott Bayo too, exactly. Although he was hot when she was seeing him like he was he had a hit you show could kind of, yeah, he, he, right exactly and he was like and he was very cute chachi yeah. like and he no, also it, wasn't and like politics he, weren't like that back then and like, he certainly it wasn't, wasn't that outspoken about it i yes. mean he's probably a republican for life but he you know there was less of a platform there was less of an expectation that you'd hear well there was less of an expectation that he wouldn't be a republican actually and that like the baggage that came with that didn't necessarily involve like mouthing off or shooting people in public you know yeah. at that point yeah yeah Oh, he's he's also pro-Trump. Is he really? Mm-hmm. Tom Arnold got in a fight with him about it. Okay, it's Brooke Shields. That's who it is. Okay. Dean Kane responds to Shields' revelation that he took her virginity. Right. Remember that? And what did he say? <sighs> Brooke was a big part of my life, and I'm honored to have been part of her life. 
She only said nice things about him. Did she? Wasn't he the guy from Princeton? He was incredibly and painfully patient with me regarding sex. I made him wait and my mom kept track. Yeah, he. they met at, that was her college boyfriend. They met at Princeton. That was the one she met at Princeton. Yeah, they were together for like the whole time. He looks terrible now. Oh my God. He looks like he drinks. He drinks a lot when he drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Dean can't. Oh, huh. I don't have a top and bottom of this week. And I noticed that we didn't do a top and bottom last week. We didn't? No, I thought we did. We I just we talked did. about when my top went to bottom uh, and that was it. Okay. We never did a top and bottom. Well, that was your bottom. My bottom mm-hmm. is um, Pamela Anderson, but it's like good bottom because I do think that she is a bottom. And one of the things I've really enjoyed about her the most is like we do share a very deep love of men. Like I really she loves men the way that I love men. Mm-hmm. And so she's, she loves men like a gay guy. <laughs> she does. <laughs> so she's my bottom of the week, but I mean it fondly. OK, it's good to be a bottom. Yeah. OK. You know, so. That's who that is. And and my top is, uh, well, I mean, I don't know. Do you want that? Do you want this yet? Do, do you want to? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. My top is, uh, who's my top? Oh, my top is, um, you know, I'm, I don't mean this is as kissy, but I've been listening to Nympho Wars a lot. Have you listened to Nympho Wars? What's that? It's a podcast with Macy Rodman and uh, Theta Hamill. No. Um, no. They, I mean, that's they, a good name for a podcast. Yeah. Though. So they're they're both trans women, and they talk a lot about that. But they also like do. I mean, it's a talking podcast. It's kind of like I would say oh, that we're not. Ham. This is him. What? Ham. Ham. Theta Hamill. Is it that? Isn't that Ham? It's uh, you know, it's obviously like we're in the same kind of like universe or same kind of genre of podcast where mm-hmm. they're just. I mean, just I don't even know if talk. they're stoned, but they're they're they seem to be like on another planet sometimes. Well, I really like the name Nympho Wars. It's a great name. They do like skits. They sing a lot of songs. It actually is kind of like a better version of us. Really, <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot of uh, they have. It's like really creative. They have like you know? instrumentation and for they their do songs. like radio plays. Like they did, they did a whole arc about um, making a mockery of Janet Mock. <laughs> it's a whole thing where they had like somehow they had shamed Janet Mock and then they were like the the cast they were like the the they were they were they were exiled from Bushwick like they were like the disdain of parties because they had mocked they made a mockery of Janet Mock. They also do a That's thing really good. They also do but they they do like a live kind of like radio thing where they're constantly like pushing buttons and it's like but but their like sound cues are like insane. It's like you know, at the beginning of like a prayer, when Madonna's like, God. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a sped up <laughs> version of that. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a Beyonce one that's like so delicious. <laughs> and they're like constantly playing them, you know? there's uh, It's like the soundboards from uh, exactly. E-Bombs World. Yes, exactly. Oh, exactly. I would love it's a to have really a soundboard. Bizarre. I know. Well, Ugh. I think feel like if we, I feel like if we did, then we'd be copying them. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's great. And so they're my tops. I've been really okay. I've been listening I'll to it listen a lot it. at night and I go to bed listening to it and then I have to like stifle myself from waking <laughs> Brian up because I laugh <laughs> because of their obsessions like Ann Dowd plays a role and she's like really like a, a hard bitch you know she seems like one she does no she's I, I once had like an hour and a half long coffee with Ann Dowd and I interviewed oh, her wow and she was for what when when the I think it was when uh, she was Testament nominated for Handmaid's Tale oh. because like she, she was win? 
Yeah, she okay. she's won pretty much like a lot. She she won the Emmy and the Golden Globe, I believe. Oh, she's. Maybe, I mean, she's great in it. The leftovers the, is um, like the, what did it for me. Oh, she reads the uh, the audiobook of the sequel to Handmaid's Tale, and mm. it's really good because it's told in it's told in three different perspectives, and one of them is uh, Aunt Lydia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, she was she was a darling woman. Okay. <laughs> Very gentle soul. Have you seen Megan yet? No. Oh my god. I know because <laughs> no one crazy. wants to go with me to the theater, and I don't want to pay twenty dollars for it, and especially because now Vince is doing the cable bill. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we uh and we like severely cut our cable down, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but we just wanted it to have like you know local channels or whatever. I mean, I have Basics. access to everything else. Apps. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have to say, speaking of watching movies, I I subscribe to an obscene amount of streaming services. And I find that most of the time when we watch a movie, I have no access to it. Like <laughs> seven times out of ten, I would say. It's so annoying. It's so fucking annoying that, that that I have to pay for every single movie I want to see too, in yeah. addition to having all of these. Like, what is the point? To get your money, it's to get my money, baby. to get my money, and they're doing it. Yeah, they give you just a just just enough where it's like, well, I can't not. You mm. know, Paramount Plus, I'm I'm at the limit with. I think. Me too, but you know, then we went into a Survivor Jag for a little mm, bit, and it was right. real good it's, for that. Yeah, sure, sure. And um, I did really like uh, Mayor of Kingstown. Okay, I didn't watch that. Jeremy Renner. Yes. Oh, what's going on with him? He like his he his body oh, he, turned to dust or something. <laughs> <laughs> he broke many bones, many and several. My top is uh the TikToks, the TikTok trend of uh the shark being an LGBTQ ally mm-hmm, <laughs> for. Yeah. Uh, against the transphobic surfer Bethany Hamilton. So your top is an apex predator. Kind of <laughs> obvious, but I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> and my fa- I mean, fair enough. My top, my top. I mean, I feel like sharks are always like inherent to my existence. Yeah. Wow. Huh. I guess they're my. Well. What? You your, know the way that people your say supreme top. No, my your sharks, your sharks, yeah, your oh, diamond yeah. girls. Fucked my shark. <laughs> um, what do shark dicks look like? I don't know. I've, you know, honestly, I've never, I've never, I, I don't like them in that way. So <laughs> <laughs> I was never curious about that. Wait, great white. Because when I talk about sharks, I'm talking about great whites. Yeah, even though there's a lot, but we're we're talking about great whites right now, certainly. Their penis. Okay, get this. Yeah. They got two dicks. This wow, fun fact. <laughs> this is the fun fact. The uh, great whites have two dicks. Great whites have two dicks. <laughs> are, Why how do big sharks are they? have two penises? How big are they? Pretty long. I would say they're long. They're not like ugh, heavy, but right. I don't know if that's a great white. That looks kind of like a small fish, hmm. a small shark. Small shark. Small shark, big dick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the male shark circles, grabs onto the female's pectoral fin with his mouth and bites down. Yeah, they love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps a tight grip with his sharp teeth while she remains motionless. 
He slides in along. This is <laughs> very graphic. Yeah, wow. It's on a fishing blog. <laughs> He's, he slides in alongside her and curls his body in an arch. The act is complete when he uses one of his two claspers to copulate and impregnate the female. Okay. What is a clasper? Similar to a penis, claspers are an external, they kind of look like labia, an external appendage found on male sharks. However, they are dissimilar to a penis in that they are not an independent appendage. Okay, so why are there two claspers? They have two claspers because sharks have two pelvic fins. The claspers are simply a modified portion of the pelvic fin. And since there are two pelvic fins, there are two claspers. That doesn't answer it for me. No, that's the kind of <laughs> circuitous argument. Yeah. And why are it they... It is because it is because it is. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it's called a clasper because when you see them both together... They clasp. Yeah, but like, so but you can, can't just call the one a clasper. They're calling it that. <laughs> but look at well, this. Maybe, Doesn't it look like maybe, labia? Yeah, but maybe it clasps... A part that's, of that's of what I was hoping to read. Woman, that's part what of I was... the female fish, right? No, I don't like shark eyes. Shark eyes? Yeah, I do. I think sometimes they're cute. No, they're just like they're just really scary and empty. No, they're there's they're all well, they always look freaked out. Eyes. They always look freaked out. Or yeah, they angry. do. But you're being you know human centric, whatever. Okay, anthropocentric. Yeah. Well. Ew, look at this little shark with his little wieners. <laughs> wow. Hmm. Well, I'm glad that we got here. <laughs> Wait, was that? That's my top. What was my bottom? You're, I don't know. You know what my bottom is? Mm -hmm. Not understanding the shark penises. Okay. But it's, what I, it's all I can think about right now. All right. Well, all you can think about is not understanding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and all I can think about <laughs> is not understanding. Okay. Patreon.com slash Oh, are we done? Yes. Okay. Well, you know, one thing I did want to say, the okay. reason that I brought up Sam Smith in the first place is actually because Ali... London oh. in his right wing makeover attacks Sam Smith. Okay. So well, what's he wearing so when he's attacking him? Exactly. But that's exactly like kind of the complicated, I think, aspect of this because like a lot of right wing people were pissed off about it in a way that I do think is fucked up and that like Sam Smith obviously like has every right to do this, even if it's like not my particular taste. Yeah. And, you know? and it's so like a uh, dog whistle anyway because it's like totally. not about it being like inappropriate or distasteful. It's about them just like not liking that someone who was born a man is doing that. Yes, you know? exactly. And that, and it doesn't help that he also, they also aren't, you know, hitting it out of the park. Hitting it out of the park. <laughs> oh, wise. oh yeah. But you know, it, help, it, it, it but wasn't, it, no, it doesn't help because if, if, if it were out of the park style wise, it would be kind of like undeniable in a way that it yeah. would just be like, whatever the noise, but it's, it's just not the, they, they didn't you know they didn't like tear like it's not it's not a home run yeah okay yeah it's just not an aesthetic home run and if you think it is you should look at like literally anything else that take the this l is. and move on take the l and move on it's fine i think we're gonna see a lot more i think it's gonna get uh more intense before it gets less intense from sam smith so okay 
you know, I do with that what you will. I'll, I mean, I'll, Sam Smith certainly has a way of making me think about them because I <laughs> wouldn't ever, ever go out of my way. I feel like There's it's a lot of Sam imposed Smith upon me. There's, Sam Smith is shoving Sam Smith down your throat. Exactly. I and mean, I'm not gagging. Okay, well, that's a sign of maturity. <laughs> I meant I'm not gagging in like a good way, gagging. Well, I just thought you meant you had developed a, you know, you developed a, a lack of a gag reflex. That I makes think, sense. That makes sense why you thought why you thought that. Yes, I think it works too. Patreon.com slash pot psychology. We have things. You're only really getting like a third of this show mm-hmm. by... Uh, not subscribing because all the good stuff happens over there where you have to pay for it. I like our main episodes very much. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will not have you denigrate the fine work that we're doing. Uh, it's fine, but I'm just saying it's fine. that if you want more, it's not fine. You know where to get it. It's shameful. What's shameful? This whole Our- thing. <laughs> <laughs> In a way, it really is. Okay, bye. <laughs>